0: at LuckyLandslots.com Available to players in the U.S. Excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
1: Joe, would you like to start or would you like me and Remy too?
2: You and Remy Cam.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, let's make sure it's recording. Oh, All right, buddy. Okay, I know. All right, well, this, well, this ain't going to work. <laughs> uh,
3: definitely more Remy than Adam right now.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, hop down. Come here. All right, we'll talk in a little bit, okay? Letting you go down.
3: <laughs> My kids listen more than he does. Oh, yeah, I know.
1: He doesn't listen very much. Okay. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 458 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam... Joined by Jill. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. My legs are very scratched up now. I might leave some of the beginning into this. So people have reference. My dog just decided he would join the podcast for a little bit. Um, Joined by Abby and Andrea, who have been on lots and lots of times. But I will let you both say hello really quickly. How are you guys doing?
0: Hello. Hi. Good. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah. Thanks for... Thanks for joining us. Two very tall ladies joining us today. I didn't realize until mm-hmm. so just now. Um, as we've done over the past now three months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, to Back to the Google. beginning. That's the beginning. It literally was. It was you two were the first people that we did this with. Um, we're going to go in a Zoom virtual roundtable and just talk about a bunch of books we've been reading. So I um, haven't done this in a couple of weeks because the past few Thursdays Jill and I either did best books of july or we also did our uh pride month one and samantha anti and books and stuff like that which you can check out at professionalbooknerds.com but yeah we're just gonna go around the virtual table here we'll put all the books in the show notes um jill are there things that i'm missing but i'm taking a glass of water
2: uh you can find us on instagram and twitter at ProBookNerds. And you can visit our website, professionalbooknerds.com. And you can email us, Overdrive, nope, professionalbooknerds at com.
1: Yes, you can. And I know if, how to do my job, I promise. It's okay. Nailing it. Um, and you if you want yourself. a Professional Book Nerds t-shirt or like a Libby hoodie or a Sora hoodie or a Libby tote bag, you can go to shop.overdrive.com. And everything that you buy there, all the profits will go to a library charity. So there's some really cool stuff, and if you do buy anything, tag us or Overdrive on social media because we love seeing it. Um, our shirts are great, but you really want a Libby hoodie. They're so comfortable. They are. Okay. Um, Andrea, I'm going to have you start because yours is the screen. I looked at. Whoa. Deer in <laughs> headlights. Look, like he just gave me. Did you not? Were you not prepared for the thing that we do every time when we have you on? No. No? Um, okay. You No, I all go. I'll
3: just start with my, my current read. That works. Um, so in Quarantine Life, I and I think I mentioned this last time, or the first time, one of the times, I have found that rereading books and some of the series has been helpful and comforting and just nice. Um, so I'm actually, I've binged a couple series, and my current series I'm re is Stalking Jack the Ripper by Carrie Mascoff nails it. Did I say it right? Thank you. You did. <laughs> um, I listened to them on audiobooks when they first came out. And then when they came out with the box set, I want to say it was my husband got me them for Christmas. Nice. So now I'm rereading slash binging the physical. Um, and for those who haven't heard it, it's a, the first one takes place in London, 1888 with uh, Audrey Rose Wadsworth and she gets involved in the case of Jack Ripper and she helps try to solve it but it's yeah it's all about how like she's this very like high class you know woman in the 1880s and she's not supposed to be interested in cutting up dead bodies and blood and gore and, and she is so she tries to solve the, the mystery there's definitely a romance and then her trying to balance being a Proper high class woman who loves Ed. Sure. Oh, so, um, highly recommend the whole
1: series. Yeah, and there's just th- three. And there's four. Four.
3: Yeah. I know you've interviewed Carrie a couple times.
1: I have. She's fabulous. She's a wonderful and,
3: person. And um, she's working. She keeps teasing us about her new book, which sounds equally fabulous. But I don't have it pulled up on Goodreads to tell you about it. So. Good job, me.
1: <laughs> Is this your first time on the podcast, Andrea?
3: Like it's been a, um, it's been a day.
1: <laughs> For the record, I want the listeners to know I asked you today if you wanted to come on today, you and you said yes. And I and, and I had
3: time to prepare, and then things happened, and my prepare time became fire putty of time.
1: It's okay. Carrie Mascot's oh. new book is called Kingdom of the Wicked, and it's going to be a new series. So this will be the first time that she does a new series outside of the Jack the Ripper books.
3: Two sisters, one brutal murder, one quest for vengeance that will unleash hell itself, and an intoxicating romance.
1: Exactly. Nice. Man, it's almost like you read that from Overdrive.com. Almost. <laughs> no, Carrie's wonderful. You should read those books. My book is going to be kind of like that, but let's go to Abby first, who is muted at the moment, just as a reminder. There you go. Yes.
0: Thank you. It was very good too because someone had the audacity to walk past the sidewalk and Kobe took off and started barking and I was very glad that I had muted myself. So dodged a bullet there. Um, Literally one of my, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I couldn't really it up. (laughs) Yeah. Oh gosh, Uh, so one of my recent reads uh, was Happy and You Know It by Laura Hankins, and I really enjoyed it. The cover is super fun. It's got a bunch of like enamel pins all over the front, so it kind of was a la Leanne Moriarty, or um, I don't think I said her first name right, but it was just like a really happy uh, cover that drew me in. And it was not a very happy book. It was uh, set in modern day New York City about a struggling musician who got kicked out of her band right before they made it big on a song that she wrote. And she gets invite to she gets invited to sing for a play group of Upper East Side women. Um, and she gets drawn into all of their drama and their tensions and their back and forth and it ends up being really twisty and taking a dark turn and I, it, I couldn't put it down. I read it in a day. Um, I stole the hardcover from my mother-in-law who had managed to get her hands on an advanced copy and I was very excited about that because I had a very long wait for it at the, at the library but I was really excited. It was super good and I gave it a four and a half out of five stars.
1: Yo, you were, like, nodding. Have you read that it was on my list. That was one of the ones I was going to talk about, too. Yeah, it was so... <laughs>
0: <I'm> sorry! <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I have
2: other books. Uh, yeah, no, it was really, it was really fun, and I didn't, I didn't, yeah, because I kind of went in expecting it was going to be something like The Nanny Diaries, and it is, and then it takes a turn that I did not see coming, and, um... Yeah, and I had I had an advanced copy, and I gave it to my sister, who was very excited because she also had a long hold. <laughs> she also had a long <laughs> hold on it. So, yeah, it's a good one. Do
1: you want to talk about another
2: book? That's that a good you- twist. Me, I can Yeah, I can talk about. Yeah, one.
1: sure.
2: Um, so my most recent read, and I actually just interviewed the author uh, this morning, is *Being Lolita* by Alison Wood. This is a memoir. It comes out uh, in August. And it is about, so when Allison was 17 um, and a senior in high school, she had an English teacher who um, basically, like, groomed her for being in a a sexual relationship. Um, And he used the book Lolita to kind of entice her, so to speak, Um, sort of misrepresenting what Lolita is about and you kept calling her like, is Lolita and all this stuff. And so her memoir um, is about their relationship, which continued um, through when she was in college, and then also like what happens after um, as she grew older, you know, in the up until like current times now, where she is now with her life. But she also structured it like the book Lolita and how it's in sections and She pulls a lot from the book, which is one of my favorites and is always a weird statement to say because Lolita, not really a great book in terms of story, but it's really well written and I just, I love it and I had a lot of fun talking to her. So, you know, it's one of those books where there's a lot of these stories coming out about older men preying on younger, vulnerable girls and we have the Me Too movement and all of this stuff. And um, her memoir, uh, yeah, is a good, um, and a sort of another addition to all of the books that are, that are happening about that.
1: Nice. Um. Uh, my first one is called Burn by Patrick Ness. And I think I might have talked about it in a preview for one of the months that we did. Um, Patrick Ness, is just an incredible storyteller. He's going to write books that are going to make you sad. Um, Sometimes like his whole Life of Never Letting Go series. uh, He also wrote The Rest of Us Just Live Here, which I know Jill and I both adored. And he did uh, A Monster Calls, which is amazing. But Burn is the story of this young girl named Sarah Dewhurst who lives with her father on the outskirts of like this little town in Washington State. And they're... um, they own a farm that they're really poor and they're forced to hire a dragon to, uh, kind of burn down all of the surrounding wooded areas in the hopes that they can then use that land as their farm. And this is a world where dragons exist, but they are looked down upon and they have this like weird relationship with, with human beings. Um, and so this dragon, whose name is Casimir comes and, uh, does the job that they're supposed to but he's also like interacts with her in a way of like trying to explain what's going on in the world and like she is it's she's not supposed to be talking to him but Casimir is very um mysterious but also like takes a liking to her and she doesn't know why and then there's this alternate story that's going on at the exact same time about this person who is trying to murder someone that you know nothing about and it's a plot to try and save the world or end the world you don't really know um, it's just really, really interesting, and then, and I won't give it away, but halfway through the book, the tone completely shifts, and it's just like it's just an interesting. It's almost like Patrick Ness is so good at writing that he's. It's like when a comedian write, talks himself into a corner about saying something offensive, and then it's like sees if they can work their way out. It's almost like he built up this entire world in the first half of the book, and then just blows it up, and is like, let's just see if I can just tell a different story and keep your interest, and he, and he succeeds. Um, so really, really interesting. It's definitely a much different take on a dragon book than I ever would have thought. So uh, yeah, Burn by Patrick Ness. If you like anything else that Patrick Ness has done, I think you'll like this one as well. Uh, Andrea.
3: Yes. Um, so you've probably talked about this one already. I'm very behind on my podcast listening. Um, but I just finished Me and White Supremacy.
1: I mean, we could definitely talk about it again. It's Which was very poignant.
3: Yes, and very eye opening. And it was, I don't want to say a tough read, but like a kind of emotional self reflection. Because I went through and I did all the journaling and I wrote out the prompts, and it was very eye opening and very just,
1: I, I don't know.
3: It was very, just very powerful read.
1: Yeah, it's. I but, actually re. read reread it recently because I we she was on a podcast back in January. But yeah, it, it, I mean, it's supposed to be.
3: I, it, I mean, it is. It's just very like. I, I've I've been. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they just got back from their walk. Um, but yeah, it's definitely. I would definitely recommend it, especially now, and especially it's free be mm Hmm. Um. Yeah, and I do recommend following the prompts and not just being, not, and doing the journaling and not just like being like, well, I read the chapter, so that's fine. That counts. Cause she even, there's in one one of the chapters, she calls you out on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, she, she absolutely does. She's like, I hope you're not just like she's let's to like, this?
3: Yeah, she's like, if you're one of the people who read these prompts and hasn't actually like done the journal, you're a part of the problem. And I was, I was like, well, wait. I'm like, way to pull, not even pull punches.
1: Yeah. So. Andrew was just joined by a child. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, that's uh, so me and white supremacy is part of Overdrive's Black Lives Matter community read program. Go to blogs.overdrive.com. Jill has like a whole list of all the books and all the different weeks that they're going to be available. But, Black, er, but uh, me and white supremacy is available, I think, for the next two weeks still. Simultaneously. I
3: believe it's still July you have to, so you have to check it out by July 12th for yeah. un, the unsimultaneous or simultaneous use.
1: So week and a half. Um, okay, that's fine. Uh, Abby's gonna leave us for a moment. She's gonna go and do a call, which is okay. We can, we can make do. Uh, Jill, do you want to do another book?
2: Sure. So um, also a uh, advanced copy. So apologies for that one. But also comes out in August though, I believe. The so, Lines of Fifth Avenue by um, Fiona Davis, who I love. Uh, Fiona's been on the podcast a couple of times. And so, you know, if you are familiar with her books, she will take an iconic New York landmark and tell two stories. One usually in... The- That's mine. <laughs> She'll take two stories, one in the past of some variety. She's covered like the 1950s. 20s, um, the 19, like or like early 19th century, the 1950s. And then she'll tell um another story that is a like you know later on. And they go back and forth in the point of view. So this one is all about the New York Public Library. <laughs> Hello. And um it covers um, it starts in 1913, a sh- couple of years after the library actually opened, and I don't know how many people know this. I knew it before, but there um, there is slash was an apartment that people lived in in the New York Public Library. It was usually, um, I think, like the facilities manager, um, and his family would live in the library. And so it's- Aww, jealous. I know, right? How cool is that? So uh, it starts in 1913 with the janitor's family um, living in this apartment public library, and they're working on a special exhibit um, of artifacts from the library. And it's just, I love Fiona's book. She always gives you some fun facts, because you know she does really detailed research on the books and, uh, or the, the landmarks um plus it's the new york public library who doesn't love the new york public library
1: yeah that's awesome i did not know about Mm -hmm. the apartment part that's super yeah really cool
2: yeah
1: yeah i'm jealous um the one that i'm just about finished up right now with is the angel of the crows by katherine addison which i think i also might have previewed but now that i'm just about done with it i can give you some more uh information on it this is even more fun than I thought it was going to be. This is sort of related to what um, Andrea, Andrea was talking about with Carrie Maniscalco's books. So it's a Jack the Ripper story, but it's also a Sherlock Holmes story. But Sherlock Holmes in this particular um, in this particular one, they're not the name isn't Sherlock Holmes at all. Uh, their name is Crow, and they're an angel. And the Watson of it is the person that we're kind of following, but it's not the Watson that you expect. And um, Catherine Addison does this really awesome uh, thing with gender identity and um, just not being non-binary and all sorts of really, really interesting things. But this is a world where angels exist and hellhounds exist and demons and goblins and all this stuff. And they're tracking the different Jack the Ripper um, murders and trying to solve who Jack the Ripper is and, and save London but also all of the different Sherlock Holmes stories like the Hounds of Baskerville and all this stuff is also melded in so you have this main overarching murder going on that they're trying to solve for but there's also all these smaller cases that are all these little like easter eggs for fans of of Sherlock Holmes and it's really really interesting and again at the same time you're also dealing with all these magical elements um, that it just it's hard it's hard to imagine how Katherine Addison was able to fold all of these things in together but it's super interesting uh, Catherine Addison the, the other book that I read of there is is The Goblin Emperor which is like the best um, if you're a fan of anything Holly Black has done you should read The Goblin Emperor and like, Holly Black actually on the podcast told me that she was like yeah I know if you like my books thank you but you should really be reading The Goblin Emperor instead <laughs> which is a pretty funny thing to hear from the author but yeah The Angel of the Crows is super cool you don't really need to know all the Sherlock Holmes backstory to enjoy it. But there's this like little Easter eggs. You're like, oh, I get it. That's like Moriarty is in there randomly, but Moriarty is not a human. It's a completely different entity, which I don't want to give away. And it's just like one of those things where you meet this person. And if you're familiar with Sherlock Holmes, you're like, that sounds like Moriarty. And then like later on, they're like, what's your name? It's like, I'm Moriarty. And it's just like, it's very, it's very fun. So that's good stuff. Um, Abby, it looks like you're back now, I think.
0: I am, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, you're
1: okay. Do you want to do uh, another book? <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. I will just say um, I feel a little left out. I didn't know we were going to be all be talking about Jack the Ripper series. <laughs> I would have read one since we've been gone. Um, but I'll give it a little throwback here um, and say that one of my favorite uh, trilogies when I was a teenager, so like a YA, uh, is The T-Rose by Jennifer Donnelly, and it is set in Jack the Ripper era London in Whitechapel and she is just a her the daughter of Irish immigrants and they are dock workers and they're just like scrabbling hard to make a living and her father joins the unions and this is at the time that the unions are starting to get above ground and like starting to work and then um, her father is killed by Uh, the head of the company because he was the organizer of the unions. And the daughter finds out that, her name is Fiona. Uh, So Fiona finds out that her father was murdered and she has to run away and start a whole new life in America. And there's also obviously um, a heartthrob who has done her dirty and that's part of the reason that she flees to America. And she is just focusing on her life and how she's pulling herself up from the bootstraps and how her lover is doing the same thing, but they don't talk anymore. There's a lot of uh, miscommunications between them and missed opportunities. And it's just, a, it's, I probably have reread that series about five times. And it's really wonderful. And I think it's what started my love for uh, British literature.
1: Uh very heavy we're, we're officially just a jack the ripper podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny Any um, worse things. oh yeah absolutely for sure uh okay uh, angie how are you doing over there you've got you got chidrin you've got your, your husband fa- okay. former, um, former guests.
3: we couldn't find a bottle so somewhere in the house was a bottle of milk
1: ah, gotcha. and it was one
3: of those you know it's it's milk so we're like we need to find this before okay. the smell finds us <laughs> And he's like, It's gotta be in here. I'm like, it's it's not that big of a room. It's not in here.
1: Oh, that's so funny. But oh. he found it, so we're okay. <laughs> okay, great. There's been a lot of Abby was on a call, my dogs lost their minds. <laughs> Back to... Literally, this is like just like the first time we ever did this. Podcasting
3: Hi. in quarantine.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. Andrew, you wanna do another one?
3: I will. Um so I recently this is I picked this up again. Again, this was another reread. And I read it again because we just watched um, Birds of Prey or The Emancipation of One Pantabulous Harley Quinn, which I highly recommend. It was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, I agree. So this is Harley Quinn's in it, but it's not necessarily about her. Um, Catwoman Soul Stealer by Sarah J. Maas, which is part of the DC Icons. Um, So it tells the story of Selena Kyle. Um, Selena Kyle escapes the slums of Gotham and comes back two years later and she is just this badass woman who's just I mean you know catwoman like she's very you know agile and she's you know um very skilled in fighting and weaponry and it's about how she's come back to take revenge and the thing i like about this is they mention Batman but Batman is out of town <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's not like a part of it. So it's not like yeah, it's a Batwoman story, and Catwoman's just kind of there, like you know. Um, and it, the other narrator is Luke Fox, who has to prove that he has what it takes to take on his role of Batwing, which I guess is part of the comics. But I am not too well versed in Batman to know of Batwing. Um, and he, Luke takes it upon himself to do Batman's duties while Batman is out of town. <laughs> and one of his duties is taking down Catwoman. And in her quest for revenge, she also teams up with Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's kind of like your Sherlock book where there's a lot of like things thrown in where like you, you wouldn't know it unless you know like what, what she's referring So there's little like odds and ends. Otherwise you're just like, Oh, that was fun. Um, but it's a lot of fun, a lot of like girl powery kind of.
1: I like the mental gymnastics that they have to do. Where it's the same thing with, like with all the Marvel movies. When like then they even call it out in like one of the Ant Man movies, um, Paul Rudd's character Ant Man says something. Like they he's going through something, and I remember him specifically being like, "This sounds like a thing the Avengers should do. Like why am I why am I doing <laughs> this?" They like, have to like jump or like um, Captain Marvel, who's like basically the strongest of the Avengers, like to make it so that every movie isn't just 20 minutes long. She's like, there's a lot of other places in the galaxy I have to be, they have to like do that whole like, here's why I'm not here, so please don't. Mm
3: -hmm. And they didn't have you guys, so I couldn't
2: be here. You
1: guys got covered. Right, exactly. Um, Jill, you wanna do another one?
2: Sure, so one that I just started, um, I
1: think yesterday,
2: is Once Ghosted, Twice Shy by Alyssa Cole. It's actually a novella, so it's a quick short read if you're looking for something. Um, And it's part of her Reluctant Royals series. So, Alyssa writes uh, romance, and um, this one is about uh, Ligotsky. She, um, I don't know if I pronounced it right, Legotsky. Lik- she works for a prince, naturally. And um, she, while he was sort of wooing the woman he would marry, she had her own sort of love affair while they were in New York City with um, a woman, Fab, who lives in New York, and then it ended. As things do, unfortunately, and now she's back in New York, and the the two women meet on a subway train months later, having like not spoken to each other in a long time, and um, it's a romance. So naturally, they you know start getting back together, but it's really cute. I love Alyssa's books; they're uh, they're just fun, cute, you know, romances. She writes really well. Her characters are delightful, um, and so yeah, if you're looking for Quick, short, cute, romantic, fun book like that. Uh, once ghosted, twice shy. Nice.
1: Uh, Abby, you want to do another one? I'm gonna have that song
0: stuck in my head. <laughs> I do. <Which> <laughs> uh, so one that I just read in the past two weeks was *The Girl with the Louding Voice* by Abby Dari. And it's set in modern day Nigeria, and it is about a teenage girl who all she wants to do is get an education so that she can be a teacher because her mom told her before she died that, be, that getting an education is the only way that you can have a voice. And she says, I don't wanna have a voice. I wanna have a louding voice. I wanna get to the top of the education and I wanna help other people, other girls get their education. Uh, but when her mother dies, her father uh, falls behind on the rent payment and he can't pay anything. And so he marries her off to be the third wife of someone from a neighboring village and she runs away from her husband and ends up being a a servant in a uh in a big city in Nigeria for a very cruel uh couple and she is their house girl and she finds out about a scholarship that she can apply to where she'll go to uh, one of the best girl schools in Nigeria for free and so the story is about her trying to work and achieve this, get the this so that she can leave this um, leave this life behind and get her louding voice. And it was just really moving and incredible. And I would highly recommend it. Um, again, girl with the, the girl with the Louding voice by Abby Dari. One of my resolutions this year was to read more nonfiction, but then as Uh, incidents from these past couple weeks have proceeded. I've edited my resolution to also try and read and promote more brown voices, authors, um, uh, brown and black authors to try and promote them as well. And this book was really incredible and I highly recommend it. And it just shines a light on this whole other aspect of the world that we don't really see as much here in America.
1: Yeah. um, To that end, I also, I finished um, the new Jim Crow by michelle alexander yeah. um, which also is part of our black lives matter community read program um i won't talk too much about it just in case we might be doing something with her later on in the year which will be a jill conversation because jill is much more informed about the prison system than i am and as much as i love talking and i know i do it too much i also know when to shut up and that will be one of those conversations but it shouldn't be me so um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Abby. I've been trying to do the same thing, and um, I'm actually really proud with uh, over the next couple of months. We have a bunch of authors coming on and like I feel like we've done a, we've really tried to make sure that we're highlighting not just um, BIPOC authors, but a, a bunch of actually like they'd use and stuff too. So I'm excited for you guys to hear about them. Um, my next book I want to just briefly highlight is very weird and darker than I thought it was going to be. It's called a Children's Bible by Lydia Millet or Millet. Um,
3: Oh, Abby it looks decided.
1: it's <laughs> it's something i'll tell you um so it there's these parents that went basically you <laughs> learn that the world might be ending and you learn that pretty early but not like did any of you guys see the most recent or maybe it was last year's american horror story where like there was yeah. a atomic bomb or something and it like caused apocalypse apocalypse that
0: was two seasons ago
1: okay well time flies when you watch (laughs) terrible tv i guess okay sassy go back on mute um this is kind of like that in the sense like the world seems to be ending and like people have bunkers and all this stuff but before that all happens this group of parents go to this vacation home for like a month and they take all their kids and the parents are just like getting hammered and doing drugs and like having sex and it's basically ignoring the children entirely and um the children start playing this game where like they don't want anyone to know whose parents are theirs and so like they are just trying to stay as disconnected and disassociated from the parents as possible and they eventually go on this trip um like they kind of go camping away from their parents and uh this destructive storm happens and then it very much turns into like almost like the end of the bible like it's very apocalyptic and that's why it's called a children's bible and one of the youngest kids there finds this like picture bible thing and is like this is kind of like what's happening right now and you're not really sure if it's a religious thing or what's going on but it feels very much like the book of revelations and it's dark i'm not gonna lie i wasn't expect- as a person who tries to not read super dark fiction when i'm down i was I mean, a a little,
3: apolitics apolitics.
1: I, yeah. And like, and let me tell you, the, the, the cover, which is very cool is also deceiving. Like it looks like it's um, almost like Ferngully or Bambi, which again, I guess I should have realized those are also very dark. Um, it's really good. And if you are a fan, I've, I've mentioned a few times in the podcast, like I like books that are somewhat Bible related, even though I'm not very religious um, and this it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I will just say that it's very much—it's a unique story. It's like um, kind of like *Lord of the Flies*, but different. So that's *A Children's Bible* by Lydia Malay. Is how I'm going to say her name. Um, do you guys have another one you want to do, Andrea? Me, you'll meet Joe, neither. <laughs> sure. You can also say no. Yeah. Okay.
3: Um, I could talk. I'll talk about the *Rumnet Chronicles* by Mary Ear, Mary Ear, Mary E. Pearson. Um, so the first book is called The Kiss of Deception, and it starts with the, the uh, running away from an arranged marriage of a man that she's never even met. Um, and her, I, her whole thought is, why would I marry someone who I've never even met, let alone had to have his mommy and daddy find him a wife, which is true. Um, so she runs away with her best friend, who is also like, I guess, her maid. Um, and after they run to this town, two mysterious men show up, one of whom is the prince she jilted, and the other of whom is an assassin who was sent to kill her and you don't know who's who as as the reader and obviously she has no idea one of them is the prince and one of them is an assassin um, because the the, the um so the chapters are all titled "The Prince" and "The Assassin," but then they gave her fake names, obviously. So as you're reading from her point of view, you don't know who she's actually talking to, and you don't find out till like midway—not even midway, like probably like three quarters of the book—you find out who's who. And I had no idea, and I guessed wrong. So that was actually pretty exciting.
1: Isn't that um, always nice that, that happens when you're like, I know it's happening, and then like I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. I know I'm like, oh
3: it, this one is so obviously the prince, yeah, and. But then I think some, one of my other friends read it and she's like, no, I knew who it was. So it was, it, was, it was definitely like those things where like she didn't like purposely mislead you. You just kind of like took the clues as however you took the clues. Um, and then the, other, and the two other books are all about how like she's trying to free the people and like it turns into like her running away from marriage to like this like revolutionary type kingdoms and there's an evil kingdom and, but it's very good.
1: Interesting. This does sound really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Abby, did you have another one? You seem like you did.
0: Yeah, I do. I actually just finished listening to it yesterday. I really enjoyed it. Uh, So it was The the Henna Artist by Alka Joshi. Um, And I do apologize if I butchered that name. That was me doing my best. And it was set in India in the 1950s. And I am super embarrassed to admit that I had no idea uh, how recent it was that India had gained its independence from Britain. Uh, so that was really good to learn. Um, thank you, world history class, for nothing. Uh, <laughs> so that was really good to learn. I didn't realize that they uh, that it's been less than 100 years since India was independent. So that was first good thing to learn about this book. And so it's set in India in the 1950s. And it's about a woman who ran away from her husband, her abusive husband, and she went to a city and became a henna artist. And uh, it took 13 years, but she finally worked her way up to be the henna artist for all of the most respected uh, ladies in the city of Jaipur. And she worked with uh, royalty and people who are related to royalty, and this total wrench is thrown into her life. She is this close to achieving everything she had ever dreamed. When her sister that she didn't know existed, who in her village is known as the bad luck girl, shows up in the city with the husband that she ran away from. And so her life is so close to becoming perfect. And then the bad luck girl shows up with her ex with her abusive ex-husband. And from then on, like nothing in her life goes the way that she planned And it's just a really cool look into um, a society that I didn't have a lot of experience with. So it was, um, I had a road trip that I had to take over the weekend uh, to visit some family. And so I was driving eight hours by myself and people kept calling and saying, oh, like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm great. I'm in India. Like, this is wonderful. Like, it was really just in depth and rich in details. And I could really just picture it and feel like I was there. It was so immersive. Um, and I just thought it was a really wonderful book, and I would highly, highly recommend it.
1: That's super interesting. Um, unrelated to that, but related to you talking about the independence of India from Britain. Do you guys remember the Animaniacs country song that from when we were kids? It's. Um, it's when you it's- were a kid. When I, yes, Abby, <laughs> when I was a kid, when Jill is, and I were kids. Is this about
3: the TikTok? I, talk I talk about... the Animaniacs yeah. when I was little.
1: Yeah, so for those who may not remember what I'm talking about, the Animaniacs was a popular show when some of us were children and when some of us weren't born yet. Abby's like 14, <laughs> so she's, it's um, It's the science, like United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, blah, 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 and it's um, Yakko. Oh, Animaniacs. yeah, that's he, awesome. does the, he does all of the countries. There is, and Jill knows I'm talking about, there's a TikTok that is, Go making the rounds where it's one of those things like they draw the line in the middle of the TikTok and like they jump left or right if they understand things and it's um on the left is uh countries that the united kingdom or britain hasn't invaded and it's just like the person as they go through the song it, like the person's jumping back and forth depending on whether or not they've been invaded and it's like Basically, it's, like, they've invaded, like, 98% of people. I think there's, them. like,
2: three countries that they have not invaded. <laughs> it's
1: amazing. It's, like, the it's, it, and someone was, like, so we're just going to go ahead and replace all of his, all history teachers with TikTok users from now on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Joe, you said you were all out of books. I'm so. all out of
2: books. Okay, yeah. yeah.
1: The other one I was going to mention, doesn't, I just double-checked, it's an advanced reader copy as well. It doesn't come out until October, so I think I can wait on talking about that one. Um, But it's by Alex E. Harrow, who did The Ten Thousand Doors of January, and just their new book is really, really fantastic, but we'll talk about it in a few months. Um, Okay, all right. Thank you, Andrea, Abby, for joining us today. Um, Those, like I said, all those books are in the show notes. Um, Jill, is there anything that we didn't talk about that should be talked about?
2: I don't think so. I don't
1: think so either. Okay. All right, well... My dog is getting super restless, so I'm probably going to go take him outside or something. But thank you, guys. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast.
2: Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit EvergreenPodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit ProfessionalBookNerds.com.
0: Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection. Ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion.